0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Dare to Care with Michelle. I'm Michelle Wyman, your host and friend on this incredible journey. As a nurse, I've seen firsthand how powerful caring can be. And I believe that we can all dare to care a little more. This isn't just a podcast, it's the beginning of a movement. The Dare to Care movement is all about embracing connection, alignment, rejuvenation, empowerment, and most importantly, having some fun along the way. Each week, we'll chat with inspiring guests, share personal stories, and explore new ways to take great care of ourselves and the people we love. It's about making caring cool and spreading that energy far and wide. So grab a comfy seat and a cup of your favorite tea or a glass of wine or water, whatever it is that you like to drink, and let's get into it. Are you ready to dare to care with me? Let's go. Today, I am thrilled to be in conversation with a remarkable woman, a woman whose story is nothing short of inspirational. Kashmir, a contractor, is a dynamic force, an entrepreneur who has not only made her mark in the challenging realm of IT and information technology, but she's also in the transformative world of real estate development. Her journey from India to the United States is a powerful testament. To resilience adaptability and unwavering courage to chart your own course join us as we explore the twists and turns of her path her heart-centered projects and empowering message that she carries for all of us everyone please welcome cash mira hi cash hi michelle how are you thank
1: you for inviting me today i appreciate it
0: i am so thrilled to have you on the show uh, cash is an amazing woman and i wanted to talk a little bit about like how your upbringing you all can hear from her accent that she's not necessarily uh from the u.s uh how did your upbringing in india shape your views on manifesting your dreams creating your your life
1: so yeah that's a good uh question to ask Michelle so when I was I was brought up in this very controlled environment with uh, you know and my parents were pretty conservative especially my mom so basically everything was about for her everything was me learning and growing and educating myself so i was very very focused and disciplined in that respect that truly helped to transform me in a way because whenever i have come across any issues in life or any problems it has helped me to ground myself and get focused and disciplined so i can move forward and get myself to the next level
0: yeah that's uh what can you let's talk a little bit about just the cultural differences between Uh, India and the U.S., uh, especially growing up. Mm
1: -hmm. So it's very interesting. You know, as a young girl, I was sitting on my parents' couch wondering what my life was going to be. I really didn't want to get just get married you know after I got a degree so basically you know my mother knew about it and she said okay cash I'm going to give you this one last chance (laughs) if you really don't want to get married right now is you can go to the U.S. but you would have to live with your aunt uncle and learn computer science. I did not know the first thing about computer science, but I went hippie doo, I am going to America to study and getting out of the situation that I am in right now. So it was an interesting journey. I'd never ever sat in a plane, basically. Yes, it was, it's a good kind of 24 hours journey door to door. I landed up at the doorstep of my aunt and uncle whom I hardly even knew, but they were very gracious and really welcomed me into their home basically. And then it was a big, yes, it was a big cultural shock for me because to begin with, yes, like you said, my accent is not American, you know, but uh, I had a pretty heavy Indian accent at that time. And so when I started going to university, at times people would go, what? Or they would have this look on their face because they would not understand what I was saying. And for a moment, for a while, I think I lost my voice, if that made sense, because I just didn't want to say anything because people would not understand me. Also, there's a, you know, there's a difference between the British English and the U.S. English. So, you know, certain words differ, like you have candies and cookies, I mean, cookies and biscuits or candies and chocolates. You know, the little differences, even the spellings are different between the U.S. and the British English. And also the whole cultural aspect is different. Like in India, when you are to your parents or anybody superior to you, you're not supposed to meet their eyes. You're supposed to look down and talk a lot of the times. Now, a lot of that has changed in India. So over here, it is not like that. Over here, you're supposed to look into people's eyes and talk with them face to face. So there are a lot of these little nuances and differences that people need to understand when they come from a different place to understand the culture and how to adapt to some of that.
0: Gotcha. Um, Let's go back just for a second and uh, unpack that uh, you lost your voice. so you felt like you couldn't speak up because of your accent. How, how do you think that um, created who you are now?
1: Yeah, so like, yeah, for a while I did lose my voice, but then I met a lot of people in the university who were actually, interestingly enough, children of immigrants. So one of my friends, her parents were from Hungary, Another friend of mine, her parents were from Pakistan. So, though they were born in America. So, I made friends with a lot of those people. And uh, basically, you know, sometimes I didn't understand what people were trying to say they would help me or they would say, yeah, it's okay, we understand you. They'll soon start understanding you. So I started to get my voice back. I started to talk to certain professors one-on-one so they would understand me better. And then I started to say, okay, how do I adapt? If I'm going to live in the US and study over here, I need to learn to adapt because I'm one person and they are millions. You know what I'm saying? They cannot adapt. I have to start adapting. So I started to what you know get some of the accent, speak certain words, try to understand the humor, and that is how I started to grow. And I eventually yet yeah, got my voice back. <laughs> yes.
0: That's amazing. I love that. Uh, one of the things when we had our our pre-call, we talked about that you're like a tree that was replanted.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know, they you they you had your roots in India and they dug all that up and they brought it into the United States do you have anything to add to that or is that pretty much how you explain it
1: i I pretty much, in a way, it explains it because, yes, like a tree, you know, you have the roots. And you and I spoke, you spoke to me about another friend of yours whose wife came to America from India. It's like you're just suddenly uprooted. You don't have friends. You know, the people you went to school with, they are no longer there. Your family is no longer there. So you are in this new place trying to make new friends, learning about the environment, learning about the culture around you. So... It's like yeah it takes a while for you know once again the tree to start to grow like they say and uh, yeah it's a difficult journey at times yes
0: and how old but were you when you journey. came how old were you when you came to the united states i was
1: around 18
0: wow wow that must that must have been um scary leaving your home and your parents and everything you knew even though you knew your aunt and uncle but you didn't really Um, it's, it's similar, although completely different, uh, Mm -hmm. from what I went through, uh, when I moved to Las Vegas, because I, I went from Las Vegas or from St. Louis, where I grew up, all my family was there to Las Vegas. And I, when I moved to Las Vegas, I moved with my now husband, but at the time it was my boyfriend. We had known each Mm -hmm. other for two months, so we didn't know each other really well. And moved to Las Vegas and got, when I got here uh, in Las Vegas, there's a lot of Filipinos, a lot of Filipino nurses. And when I got here, uh, like they would actually be sitting in the break room and they would be speaking their language and I didn't understand it. So I understand where you're coming from. Only I was um, much older than you are. Yeah. (laughs) Or were at the time.
1: And I think whatever be the age, it's still difficult. You know, I have seen uh, friends who, you know, as their parents have aged, they feel it's better for their parents to come and live with them over here. But I've realized those parents would have been better off. And even their own kids say, maybe my mother would have been better off back in India because you suddenly uprooted from everything you've ever known. So whether you're 18 or 80, it does not matter because I think that when you're uprooted it's 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 just a uh, you get like this I had this little kind of pit in my stomach every day when I woke up in the morning
0: I'd never seen snow in my life I can't imagine where yes. where did you move to and when you moved to the US where did you move Cleveland Ohio oh my gosh yeah yes so right from my oh <laughs> uh, it was it
1: was scary. and I didn't have a car. I could not afford a car. I did not have medical insurance. My uncle said, if you ever fall sick, Gash, I'm going to put you on a plane and send you back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because I had no medical. And I used to walk in that snow for over a mile sometimes. Wow. Wow. From the bus stop back home and to the university. So, yeah, it was hard. But I just had this one thought in my mind. Gash. Your parents sent you your, to study, to make something of yourself. You just got to do it for four years. Gotcha.
0: And then so that got you into information technology. Uh, what do you want to say about that uh, portion of your life?
1: That portion of my life was a good part of my life, I'd be honest. Uh, I did do well in information technology. I started my role as a program actually. I went back to India, got married, and started working for the Australian New Zealand Bank in India. So, and then I rose and I went into management. And then I I after that I, me and my husband, we immigrated to New Zealand actually. We lived there for a few years and I worked for a software development house over there. And uh, that company was bought over by an American company. And that's how they sent a few people to the U S and I came back to the U S. So it was, it's a very male. And I think it still is, it's getting better, but a lot of industries by and large are male dominated as we all know. It's very male dominated. And I used to always talk to my boss and, she, she was a great lady, and uh, she said. And when we would go for meetings and presentations, she would say, "Gosh, yeah, wear your power suit, that black suit. You and I are both wearing." She would go. So yeah, and she would say, "Don't you realize that when men speak up?" She said, "It's considered to be confident. Right. When a woman speaks up, she's called a
0: so not nice name." <laughs> not a nice name yes
1: exactly so you know you have you struggle through that at times even uh, many other women have told me and i have realized too is that you say something and nobody kind of gives it much value but when a guy says the same thing you go looking and oh yeah that's exactly what we need to do
0: how do so, we change how do we change that cash
1: i think we need to have more women at the table Right. And like they say, if they don't give you a seat at the table, pull up a chair and squeeze in. And if they don't allow you, make your own table and okay. they will come.
0: I love that. I love that. Make your own table. And, and they will uh, come. So, how long were you in IT? Oh, my God. Now I'm really going to date myself.
1: Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> no, no, no. That's fine. It's right. <laughs> 25, 30 years. Yeah. That's okay. You know, over 25, 30 years. Yeah. That's no big deal. Yeah.
0: And why did you leave IT? Well, you know, I think
1: I believe that sometimes you bring onto yourself without realizing certain things. So when I had my last job, I was not happy with the role that I was playing. And every day I went to work, I literally said, oh, my God, what am I doing over here? I just don't like it. And I think... I actually actually got rid of the job myself, I feel. So when COVID hit, I lost my job, basically. And I wanted to go find another job. It was rather impossible. You're in the nursing field, so you know what times were like at that point of time. And one day I met this friend of mine who does real estate redevelopment. And she's doing really well for herself. And I said, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Whether I succeed or fail, it's going to be on me. Nobody's deciding for me, cash today, you did a good job or cash today, you did a bad job. It's all on me. I'm the CEO, the CI or the CF or whatever you want to call me. I'm the entrepreneur. So that's how I got into real estate redevelopment. And, all, and my company's called Reimagined Property Group. OK. And uh, along with that, I also have this heart centered project, which I call which is really priceless to me is to help other young women and young girls to find their voices and become whoever they want to be. So.
0: So let's uh, going back into the real estate for just a minute. So you actually flip houses, correct?
1: Yes, I buy homes. I have a couple of strategies to do that. Uh, either when I look at a home, and if I'm really looking for quick cash flow, then I'll wholesale the home, which means I will, within the option period, what I will do is try to assign that home to someone else, basically. And I'll make a few thousand dollars on that. Otherwise, I'll buy a home and do it up and rehab it, what they call, and then flip it. Or if I really like the home, And I'm eventually planning to build out a rental portfolio. So I'll buy it, I'll rehab it and rent it out. Oh, wow. Which is what trying to do generational wealth, if you want. That's what you want to call it. Yeah. Right. So I'm trying different things out. Plus, you know, I'm trying to do some online branding too. So a couple of things. And I really in the online branding, I really want to start off something whereby I can educate women if they want to get into real estate.
0: I love that. i love that um how how do you uh integrate your desire to empower others into your real estate ventures
1: by my, my online education okay good. how i would like to empower these uh, people so i always say if anybody wants any help I mean, they can just call me, you know, whatever I know, I'm willing to impart my knowledge to them. So I would really looking to empower them through. And that is what I did even when I was in IT. I had a lot of young uh, people, even guys who were interns, and I used to mentor them all the time and how they could progress in their careers. So I always am looking because I feel if I had some more mentors in my life, when I was growing up, it right. would have really helped me out rather than me struggling and trying to find things out for myself.
0: Um, and tell us about the special heart-centered heart, heart center project that you have going. Yeah, so my special
1: heart-centered project is uh, empowering and building confidence in young people, mainly a lot of young girls and even women. You know. You could be seven or you could be 70 if you have the passion to do something. And, you know, there are times when people have lost their voices because of certain reasons in their life. And it's really to help those people to gain the strength, to gain the confidence, mentor them and help them. And I've also uh, made some connections with some people who work with young kids in India and who would like to come to the U.S. So I'm looking to work with them and, help mentor them like I said and make them understand the cultural differences between the two countries and what they can do about that
0: Um, explain to me uh, what like a river means
1: you know this is (laughs) sorry but I've always thought you know if you look at a river basically and it always charts its own course and I you know you have a i think you have a range of mountains for example and then a river is trying to make its way obviously it cannot get up the mountain and down the mountain so the river knows it cannot do that so it charts its own course by maybe going around the mountain and finding its own way so if i that is what how i look at it you know i chart my own course you know when i allow people to chart my course It did not serve me well all the time. So now I chart my own course like the river. I say this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to move forward. And this is what I'm going to do to help other people out.
0: Yeah, you are awesome. I love this. It's um, it's interesting because sometimes we do have to, even in medicine, you know, there's it's not always a direct path to getting well, and you have to chart your own way and. People can, you know, they can go with the medicine and just, uh, you know, I have high blood pressure, so I don't, but someone has high blood pressure, they can just take the medicine and, you know, it, it, it probably will help. They'll probably continue getting on higher and higher doses, or they can chart their own course. They can start meditating. They can lose weight. They can cut down on. The foods that cause the blood pressure to go up, they can cut down on their stress. They can chart their own way and, and and find their own way through it rather than just accepting and then staying at the bottom of the mountain and saying, okay, this is where I live. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's totally what agree. too many people do.
1: I totally agree with you. People just,
0: and I had been at
1: that stage in my life too, when I just said, this is it, you know, this is it, this is my life, you know, but then I thought, and I do the same thing, I do a lot of manifestation, I do a lot of guided daydreaming for myself, and when I've realized that I have, when I'm not trying to control everything, you know, when you try to control everything, it doesn't always work out, so I open my energy up to the universe and say, I want this or something better. And sometimes it's, you don't get exactly what you've asked for, but eventually I think sometimes it's better what you get. So you're right. You have to chart your own course. You know, you cannot just say, okay, this is what the doctor said, and I'm going to die tomorrow. No, you still have to make an effort because there are new technologies. There are natural therapies you can do like, you know, so.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely um cash before we end today i wanted to ask you uh my my two favorite questions the questions i like to end with uh number one is what does the word dare mean to you
1: dare means to be confident and to have strength in what you do basically dare yourself challenge yourself is what i say to every human being and how about the word care care for other people But before you care for other people, care for yourself and love yourself, because only when you love yourself, you can love others and help others out.
0: I love that. Those are uh, those are awesome. And so if I put dare and care together, you're going to say to challenge yourself to have self-care and Mm self-love. And so you have to have
1: self-care and self-love in your life. Yes.
0: I love that. Thank you so much, Cash. I hope everyone enjoyed our visit with Cashmere contractor. We will have some links that you can contact Cashmere Ka- um on Facebook or wherever she wants you to meet uh meet up with her. And um I want everyone to remember that caring is cool. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Michelle.
0: That's a wrap for this episode of Dare to Care with Michelle. Thank you for joining me on this exploration of connection, alignment, rejuvenation, and empowerment. I hope you've found inspiration to live a healthy and vibrant life. If you're eager to take your journey further, please consider joining Patty Bain and me at the Dare to Care Retreat. Immerse yourself in wellness, affirmations, and self-care. Visit Dare to Care Retreat to learn more. Remember, taking care of yourself is more than a goal. It's a healthy, beautiful way of living. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave a review. Now it's your turn. Show someone you care today. And until next time, stay strong, love yourself unconditionally, and dare to care. I'm Michelle Wyman, your host, a nurse who believes in the power of healthy living reminding you that caring is cool.